0: Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Aspirant. Tag Data Talk covers topics on the current state and outlook of analytics and data science. We use an interview format with professionals and academics to discuss use cases, future trends, talent and skills, organizational structures, and tool advancements related to data science and analytics. Thanks for listening.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to Tag Data Talk. This is your host, Steve Jackman, and with us today we have Chris Benson, AI and digital transformation strategist, and we're talking about digital transformation and the AI revolution. Welcome to Tag Data Talk, Chris. Hey, thank you very much for having me. So let's start with understanding your background. Uh, tell us a little
0: bit about yourself. So uh, I came into this space from kind of uh, an unusual uh, side. I'm really uh, more of a software engineer by background, but way back when I was in college, and uh, and I'm getting older now, so this is quite a ways back in the 90s. Um, I got introduced to uh, AI uh, in a very unusual way, and that is that uh, I, there was a, an event that happened uh, with the uh, YF-22, which was the prototype of the F-22 fighter plane, um, and both of my parents were on the core team at Lockheed that was producing it, and uh, they were the, the plane was going through its trials out at Edwards Air Force Base. Um, and they had an avionics uh, problem that caused the plane from low altitude to crash onto the runway, and it went skidding thousands of feet. And the pilot was perfectly fine. And there's video out yeah. on YouTube. You can go and, and see that. But um, my dad was assigned to figure out how to fix that avionics problem that caused uh, the crash to occur with the test pilot. And so one of the tools he used was neural networks of the day. And uh, so he, you know, a lot of the specifics were, were classified, but he would come home from work and we would talk about neural network specific topics for a long time. And that's how I got into the topic. And so this is, you know, 20 years ago plus, and, uh, and at this point, ni- 1992, so 25 years ago. And so uh, I've had this lifelong interest in it that as deep learning kind of came into being, came out of the, the most recent AI winter, I jumped back into the field and, uh, and here I am.
1: Very cool. It sounds like one of the more interesting dinner conversations happening uh, in families around the world.
0: Not many many jobs uh, in in technology start with uh, fighter plane crashes. Yeah, and fighter
1: planes to boot. That's a cool first project. I don't think many (laughs) people can say that. Great. So, first question: What is digital transformation to kind of set the stage and tell us about what digital transformation looked like, say, in back in you know 2015 or 2016 versus what it looks like today? Sure. So, digital transformation
0: is uh, is a fairly broad term, and it, and it refers to supporting business function and business transformation by digitizing a business's processes. And and you know, as the internet came into being and then got popular, and uh, suddenly everyone had to do things like have a website, and then as they got past that, uh, they started having to look at their various business functions and and digitizing those and automating those so that they could continue to make advancements on their business efficiency and the different types of products and services they could offer, and that went through its natural evolution you know, for the first 15 years or so of the century that we're in, and then that has kind of changed at this point in that we are now entering this whole data-driven uh, world. Where AI is suddenly a, a mainstream topic, and that is changing the very nature of what digital transformation is. And we can get into as much detail as you want to go on that. But what it means to be in the process of digital transformation now and in the next five years uh, is going to be very different from if you were to look on it over the last five or ten years. It's a natural evolution, but technology evolves, and so does so does business.
1: Sounds like you have to uh, kind of embrace chaos and, and change from that. Perspective, right? So. Yeah,
0: in the sense of everything is constantly moving forward, and so you—if you're a business—you can never stay in the same place for very long, or your competition comes and, and eats your lunch. So exactly, um, you know, the, there, we have these amazing new tools now to, to start going forward with that.
1: Great, uh, good segue. So, given these you know massive changes that are happening and will happen, can you give us a few examples of some AI technologies that are uh, disrupting this space? Sure. So I think, and it's really broader than just AI,
0: because we've really seen the rise of data science in general and machine learning in general. And there are a number of tools that are in the broader data science world that are not necessarily explicit AI. But when you consider the fact that you have these, these new algorithms, you have neural networks, you know, added onto the top of other uh, data science tools that we've had for some time. So you have a whole spectrum of tools in your tool chest. And, and now with the rise of, of you know, to use the cliche, big data and data coming out of every possible little thing, every product and service uh, in our lives, then you're, you're really in, in the compute power that's available today. It's really revolutionizing what's possible. So we're all hearing about data-driven business process, data-driven everything, quite honestly. And, and AI is one of the tools. That applies there, and, and I, I probably should specify that what I think AI is, just for clarity on the broad. conversation.
1: It's a It's definitely a marketing buzz term at the moment. To- that's and that's
0: exactly how I see it. Because when my parents were at Lockheed and they were doing different things, and uh, my mom was at Georgia Tech studying AI in the 80s, it, it's different now from then. Uh, you know, the the age of uh, we're in a totally different period of what AI means, and so. I was recently in a group of people uh, in New York City that were all supposedly AI experts, and and we all had a different take on it. And they they asked us early on uh, for each person to give a definition of AI, and all ten of us were different. And and so having said that, I discovered at that moment that mine is very narrow. I I really do tend to associate AI as a subset of machine learning that is really focused on neural network technology, deep neural network technology. And so when I'm thinking AI, that's usually what I'm what I'm alluding to, but I I wanted to acknowledge that not everybody
1: would agree with me. Yeah, that was one thing that stuck out to me when I attended your uh, last deep learning meetup. You were about to go into what is AI as you defined it, and uh, I was expecting something else. But then you came up with a specific definition. I'm like, holy, you know, this is the first time anybody has given me a specific on what AI is. <laughs> yeah, in, in that sense, I tend to invert the standard model.
0: People show often a graphic that it kind of has a like the, a big ring that says AI, and then the subset they'll say machine learning and yeah. or something like that. And I tend to invert that. I would I would actually become because I, I uh, associate AI in, in 2018, because this yep. is evolving, it's a marketing term, uh, I associate with that with, with deep neural networks, deep learning, um, I, would, I would tend to say it's a subset of machine learning and there's all sorts of uh, amazing machine
1: learning tools outside of the deep learning space. Absolutely. So you know, we have this huge list of technologies that's evolving and growing, new things are coming out every day. Uh, what about putting them to use and what about coordinating them together to you know, really drive a business or drive a business function? How do you coordinate all that to, to accomplish that?
0: So I actually start with the business side. I go back to the business processes, which we're actually trying to solve, because that's what the organization is going to make its money off of, is its products and services. And so I will go back to a a given product and analyze what does it take for this product to either come into being or to take its next step in its evolution going forward. And these days, you kind of break that down into the various functions that are required for that product or service uh, to fulfill its promise. Right. And if you break each of those functions down into one or more models that allow it to fulfill that function, I start at that kind of ground level and look at each one of those functions and say, what kind of model do I need to make this thing work? And even though I'm kind of known for AI, I, I agree with most other data scientists that I would say you really want to start with the simplest thing that's going to get you where you want to go yeah. because that's the the cheapest, it's the the least costly to implement. And basically, you're if you can fulfill something with a simple regression, then that's that's exactly what you should go with. But if it's going to take something uh, that is a little bit more complicated to achieve its objective, that's where you you move up the slider up the uh, continuum until you get to the type of model, and you know. Maybe that arrives at a neural network, maybe it doesn't, but that's how I analyze each one of those. But I start with business and then I arrive at the technology and the the data science is an output of that.
1: Makes perfect sense. And it's always good to get your data straight beforehand, too, because I think that's a common problem is people have a grandiose idea and then it's like, okay, where do we get the data to actually accomplish this, right?
0: So that, that, in my uh, experience personally, has been the single biggest problem with people trying to to move their business processes into a data-driven context, uh, especially with AI being in, in the major media outlets on a daily basis and everybody th- says, oh, that's I know I need to to be thinking about this, I don't know how to go, and they want to jump into that, but they haven't gotten their data strategy into order uh, up front, and they haven't figured out their path forward there. And so, they they leap into the sexiness of AI yeah. a little bit too early, and then they find that they're struggling or maybe even failing to fulfill the vision that they had for
1: that. Right. You know, They're like, hey, we have 100 Excel files with uh, 20 rows each. Go make magic happen, right? So yeah. Nobody can uh, work miracles. So let's shift a little bit to to culture uh, and risk. You know, one thing you said at your last deep learning meetup as well that stuck out was kind of embracing the startup culture and the importance of failing fast and, and you know learning from that. Uh, how do you? How do you kind of describe that, and then more importantly, how do you convince leaders to take that risk and, and be willing to fail fast and learn? Sure. So I, th- I think
0: uh, the context of where we are is really important on this. Somebody described to me recently that data science in general, much less you know a, you know AI technologies, are still in the early years, and compared to even software engineering, which has had several decades to kind of find a path forward and find mechanisms and processes that work well for that, we're still in the very early days in data science. Yep. And therefore, we're still trying to figure out what works for us. And we have we have a set of tools and we have a set of best practices, but they're still developing all the time. And and these technologies are evolving so quickly at this point that that those best practices keep growing and, and adjusting and, and changing as we go. And so what that really means is that the risk profile there is significant because anything that is in a high you know, high rate of flux is going to have a certain risk associated with that. So if you're a, an organization that wants to take advantage of these amazing new tools, you need to acknowledge that up front. You need to, to think about your data strategy. You need to think about if you find that there is a reason to get into AI uh, to support your business, how are you going to do that? Are you going to get all the pieces in place? How does it interface with your software engineering operations? How do you get data from your customers that, that need to come in so that you can provide them with the products and services that they're expecting of you? And, and how are you going to get that, uh, that delivery back out to them? So there's there are so many pieces that have to come together to bring data science in general and, and AI specifically in this conversation into a production mode that can be well supported for customers.
1: That's exactly right. It's almost like building a house, right? You have to have the foundation built before you can start laying bricks and putting in fancy windows and, and doing all that fun stuff, so uh, yeah, something that Aspirant we do as well with our clients is really help get that, that foundation laid in terms of data strategy and uh, culture and all those things that are really essential before you actually start diving into AI.
0: They really are essential, and I think that's fantastic that you take that approach.
1: Absolutely. So, um, you know, one last question. What would you be your final piece of advice, you know, to somebody who's in this business in digital transformation or, uh, you know, maybe at a company that's trying to embrace digital transformation, what a piece of advice would you give somebody to start learning these technologies and applying these technologies? Because it's a very daunting task. I know myself, I'm a continuous learner, and every time I teach myself something new, some new AI technique or deep learning technique, something else new comes up and replaces it, and your, your knowledge is obsolete already. So it's just continuously chasing that. So what's your advice to, to folks like myself or other practitioners in the field about. I would really advise people,
0: don't try to bolt data science or, or AI capabilities onto an existing thing. You you really need to go back, start with the business, start with the processes associated in the functions associated with delivering the products and services that that business is trying to do, and then recognize that there are a bunch of different things that have to work together for this to be successful. That means you have to have uh, your, your data scientists that understand um, the algorithmic side and, and what to do with data you have to have your software engineers educated so that they understand that uh, instead of maybe the explicit programming that they've always done we're now integrating models into our programs and yeah. and there are implicit inferences that are coming out of that that are going to drive other software processes so the world you know their world of of microservices as we're going into you know 2019 and the next few months is is needs to accommodate this now and they they're not trained in that So, uh, and then the the leadership team needs to understand what the implications are on this and that you're taking risks and that going back to your your mention of startup, that it's okay to fail. You may come up with your best plan and uh, go forward into that and you you hit a roadblock and you yep. pick yourself up off the ground and you learn from that very quickly and you surge forward again. But that startup mentality is really key and the leadership team needs to be prepared for that because it can surprise them if that's not what they're thinking. And finally, it really takes subject matter experts and all these different business processes to collaborate with these technology experts to figure out that path forward and where value can be added back to the customer. Because at the end of the day, if it doesn't produce value for your customers, customer, customer, it's not something you should be doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think a very common problem, too, is getting those people to work together, maybe up front, maybe involving those technology or deployment folks up front, because you know a lot of data scientists can come up with models, but then it's like, okay, great, we have this regression or neural network or whatnot, now we need to actually deploy it in the field, and you haven't talked to any of your software guys yet. And then you know you find out that this could have been a lot more simple up front if you had involved them.
0: It, something as simple, just to give you an example, is these days with people wanting to, to put neural network-based inferencing capabilities, Capabilities into their mobile devices. Well, mm-hmm. you know, is your or, or, or edge is is your mobile device? Does it have the kind of processor it needs to be able to support the computation necessary? Um, that's right. that's starting to happen these days. But you actually you actually have to make sure that the that your target hardware that you're going to deploy to can support that. And and that's one of about a hundred different examples I could give you about places where you can get bitten pretty hard if you don't think your way through it ahead of time. So it's entirely doable, but there's a lot of logistics to being successful with this.
1: Exactly. Great advice. Thank you so much, Chris. So I understand you have your own AI podcast. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I do. Thank you. Um, it's called Practical AI. It
0: is by an organization that has a family of podcasts that mainly software developers are going to know quite well called ChangeLog Media. Some software developers may, may have heard of the ChangeLog podcast, um, which is one of the more popular ones. And we, myself and a, and a friend of mine in the data science world uh, named Daniel Whitenack, went and uh, pitched this to ChangeLog. Long Media, and they had been thinking they, they would like to move into the space, so uh, it worked out. We spent several months planning it out, and then we, uh, we started recording. We finally released our initial ones a few weeks ago, and I think we have, as we record this, roughly half a dozen out, but basically every Monday a new episode comes out, and you can find that at uh, changelog.com slash practical AI.
1: Fantastic. Thanks again, Chris, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening
0: to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education, hosted by Aspirant. Have a great data set.